Hey, this is Dino. I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Revolution. We're so glad you're joining us today. We have been waiting all week long to be with you. I know God has some good stuff. We are on a journey together. We are discovering God's unchanging love. We love what we're doing. Thank you for joining us for the first time. If you are worshiping us for the first time, we always consider it an honor and a privilege when you do. We're in the middle of a series called Reclaim. Somebody might want to put that in the chat. Reclaim. What does that mean? We have been in the the process of just rediscovering some things, rediscovering some things about life, rediscovering some things that have been lost. And we've been having a great time, you know, as I've been thinking about some things that have been lost, some things that I have been personally rediscovering, you know, it's rediscovering shopping. Everybody who knows me personally knows that, especially over the past 20 years, I have just developed a disdain for shopping. When, when my family goes shopping, I'm just like, can I stay in the car? Can I go do something else? Can I change a tire? Can I do something other than shop? And so, but I got to tell you something that's happened through the pandemic because, you know, stores have been closed and, and what have you. I have actually rediscovered an appreciation for shopping, going to the mall, seeing all the crazy people walking all around, fighting over the same stuff. Come on, are you with me? So I've just rediscovered a few things and, and, and you know, we've been talking about rediscovering some things that have been lost. And so maybe, maybe I've made the shoppers list on somebody's uh, list here today. So, but we talked about rediscovering the word of God, the place of reclaiming God's word in our life. And last week we talked about reclaiming marriage, reclaiming the place of biblical marriage in our life. Had a great time. I would encourage you to go back and re-listen to those messages if you didn't catch them, because we talked about a lot of scripture, a lot of the things that are in the mind of God as it relates to the word of God and as it relates to marriage. Had a great time. Today, I want to go a little bit further in, in, in this subject because Every single one of us have experienced a time where we felt like we weren't going to succeed, when we felt like somebody else could do a better job than me at this situation. It's that moment in our life when we realize, man, at this second, I may not believe in myself to get something done. Or like, I can't do this. And I'll never forget this as I started to think about this. My brother-in-law went to heaven years ago and in, I remember being in the shock of the moment that he's gone, that he's in heaven. And I went into warrior mode like, OK, we have things to do. There are people to reach. We have a church to keep together. We have hope to fill up. I have my sister's family to be able to wrap my arms around all of these things. And I just remember going into that warrior mode. Right. And then all of a sudden, I remember the, when the feelings begin to set in, like he's really gone. All the self-doubt started to hit me. And I remember uh, we were talking about like, who's going to do the funeral? Who's going to do this? And who's going to do that? And so I was asked at first to do it. But as all that self-doubt, as all that shock started to settle in, I started to ask myself that question, man, can I do this? Am I capable of this? Surely somebody else is more equipped to do this 
than me. And I think every single one of us are finding ourselves in situations where maybe, just maybe, that's what this pandemic has caused. This pandemic has caused a lot of us to second guess ourselves or to question maybe our confidence, to question some things about uh, uh, what we're supposed to be doing with our life, to question some things, what we're doing with our children, maybe the immediate situation that we find ourselves in. I wanna talk to you guys today about confidence and reclaiming that place of confidence in our life. Society has a way of eroding our confidence, right? Come on, if you read the news and you follow along what's happening all around in society, it has a way of putting pressure on the confidence that we have for life, the confidence that we have to do the things that we would normally do. Confidence is about the state of feeling, of of being secure about something. And you know, a lot of us, we're just feeling insecure with some of the decisions some of the things that are happening in our lifetime that a lot of us would never have thought in our lifetime we would be seeing happening, okay? And so today I wanna just talk about reclaiming that place of confidence, that place that confidence that you and I can walk in. I believe there's a biblical remedy for it. I believe we're not, I believe that there's a place that, that we can actually obtain some things in confidence. And I really believe today's is going to be one of those days that you want to write down and stick with us all the way through. Okay, so let's pray and let's believe God for the Holy Spirit to help us get through this today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for the opportunity to preach and teach the word of God. Lord, I pray that you use me to minister to those who are watching, to those who are listening, and that truth would go forth. And Lord, that we would reclaim the things that are in our hearts to reclaim. We give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. All right, somebody put in the chat, reclaim, all right? We're going to reclaim a few things in this series today, reclaiming our confidence. Sometimes our confidence can be shot. Sometimes our confidence can be questioned. Sometimes our confidence uh, comes into question when we're pursuing something. And I just feel like society has placed such a burden on all of us to question our confidence. I've got news for you today. God is going to restore some confidence in us today. Come on, somebody. All right. So I want to start out talking about The Hebrew believers, all right, the Hebrew believers in the book of Hebrews, they they were going through a similar time that we're in right now. Culture was changing. Their belief systems were were being challenged. And and actually, these, these Hebrew believers became Christians. They left the Jewish religion to become a follower of Jesus or to become a Christian. And what happened, the, 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 there was so much pressure and so much stress on them, even though they were happy and they were excited to understand that their sins and lawless deeds, God would remember no more. Because remember, they came out of Judaism where you had to earn your way with God. You had, to, you had to do things to please God. You had to do sacrifices to make sure that you were right with God. And here they come into Christianity when they hear that wonderful promise that all of us, sometimes we take for granted our sin and lawless deeds. He really remembers no more. Come on, imagine you being a Jewish person and hearing that and saying, wait a minute, I don't have to make those sacrifices anymore. I don't have to live self-condemned anymore. I don't have to feel like I have to earn my place with God anymore. And it was awesome. But even in the middle of all that awesomeness, 
Culture was raining down on them. Pressure was raining down on them to abandon their beliefs. Culture was raining down on them to push away what they actually believed. This newfound joy they had in Jesus, this new freedom they had. All right. So I want to pick up reading here. What was the Apostle Paul's charge to these believers? And I believe that the same charge that he had to them is the same charge that I have for us here today that comes out of the Word of God. So come on, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 35 to 36. I want to encourage you, write some notes down. Get a Bible reading device and help follow along with me as we read these scriptures together and we see in the Word of God for ourselves what God is saying to us. Here's what I believe will happen. I believe hope will come. I believe confidence will be restored. We're going to reclaim some things today. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, 35 to 36. Notice what it says. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. He was saying, Hebrew believer, Hebrew Christian, don't throw away this newfound relationship. Don't allow pressure of culture. Don't allow the challenges that are in front of you to abandon what you believe. Don't throw away your confidence. Why? Which has great reward. I am telling you, when we hold on to the confidence that comes to Jesus Christ, there is great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So there's a reward and there's this promise and the enemy and culture and society wants to put pressure on that confidence so that you don't obtain that reward. Notice what the Amplified Bible says here about this. It says that you may receive and carry away, listen to this, and enjoy to the full what is promised. Listen, Jesus came, and the Bible says that he came to give us life and life more abundant. That's the promise. That's the confidence that we have. But it doesn't feel like I have abundant life because all the pressure of culture. It doesn't matter. It's still available to us. It doesn't feel like I have confidence because of all the pressure that's all around me. Don't throw your confidence away. That's what the Bible promises us. And that's the reason why I just feel like in this message, who is this message for? This message and this charge is for all of us that may be dealing with a challenge in our life. This, this, this is, listen, I'm going to especially challenge what Barna says 60% of the people, of Christians, will not return to church once this pandemic is over. I am challenging you, don't throw your confidence away. If you're one of those 60%, if you're one of those people who are feeling like, I may not return to church, don't throw your confidence aside. Return to church. Return to that place of fellowship. Return to that community of believers. Come on, don't sit on the sideline. What are those pastors? I'm speaking to maybe a pastor or a leader. You want to get out of the ministry because it's difficult. I get it. Years ago, I heard a statistic that said that when a pastor enters the ministry, after 10 years, his self-esteem is severely diminished. 
And, and if that was the case before the pandemic, I could only imagine right now in the culture wars that we're in right now. Please don't throw your confidence aside, Pastor. Don't throw your confidence aside, leader. Listen, if you if you if you want to remarry and you feel like you really want somebody special in your life, but you're coming out of a failed marriage. Don't throw your confidence aside. There is life after divorce. There is life after a failed marriage. God has that for you. Why? Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Or maybe you've got an unanswered prayer. Or maybe you feel like you haven't received your breakthrough. Don't throw your confidence aside. It has great reward. And my, my encouragement to you today is to reclaim that confidence. All right, so how are we going to reclaim it? What does the Bible say? The Bible says don't throw your confidence aside, but if you've lost it, like some of us have at times, okay, how can you get it back? How can you get the confidence back. You know, culture says a lot of different things about getting your confidence back. Sometimes you can find it in a pill. Sometimes you can find it in a class. Sometimes you can find it, you know, in, 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 in some sort of sociological uh, class or something. But I'm here today to tell you the Word of God has a remedy for us. And if you just stick with me, follow along with me, I believe that you can use this message to reclaim your confidence anytime that you find that your confidence may have been weakened about something. Okay, all right. So let's talk about the Apostle Peter. Peter in the Bible. I love this guy. Here's a specific example of a guy who lost his confidence. I mean, listen, he was at the top of his game. He was the leader of the 12 disciples, all right? I mean, the Bible says that Peter was preaching, Peter was teaching, Peter was walking on water, Peter was doing all of these things, right? And he tells Jesus on his last night on the earth, he says, Jesus, I'm going to stay with you forever. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, okay? And, as, and in the middle of Jesus' trial, the time that he actually needed Peter the most, think about this, Peter abandons Jesus. Peter abandons ship. He rejects Jesus. He abandons his Lord, okay? He fails miserably, all right? So they go through the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. Peter's hearing reports of the resurrected Jesus all around town, but he's so discouraged. He has lost his confidence so much that he actually, think about this, after spending three and a half years with Jesus, being at the top of his game, he decides to go back to fishing, go back to something that's familiar because of the loss of confidence. And that's exactly what we all do. Think about this. Anytime you've been through heartbreak, anytime you've lost your confidence, you always want to go back to that thing that's familiar. You always want to go back to, to that thing that seems solid in your life, right? And so everybody does that. Peter's doing this right here. What was solid in his life? Fishing, his old profession. Think about this. He abandoned the ministry. He abandoned being the leader of the 12 disciples to going back to his old profession because he was so discouraged. He had, he had so lost his confidence. And so he's fishing. And not only has he lost his confidence, because you've heard me say this before, he drags the other disciples into that familiar place. He drags all of them away from the ministry. Stop and think about this. That's why reclaiming your confidence and not throwing it aside 
is so powerful and we really have to understand because I believe the enemy uses the destruction of our confidence to hold back the reward, to hold back the breakthrough, to hold back the purpose that God has for your life. All right. So but here we see this perfect example here. Peter's fishing. He's out there, lost his confidence. And Jesus, in his resurrected state, all right, he's, at, he's on the beach side, and he yells out to the disciples to throw their net on a certain side of the boat, okay? And all of a sudden, there's this miraculous catch of fish that happens. And Peter knew this was Jesus, and the Bible says that he left everything, and he swam to shore on his own because he had to see for himself, was this really Jesus? Did Jesus really come back for him? Oh, you, I want you to see this beautiful picture here that I've never seen before. In his state of lost confidence, Jesus came back for him. Come on, somebody. If you feel like your confidence is lost right now, I'm telling you right now, Jesus is coming for you because that's the way he is. And so the Bible doesn't talk about this exchange that takes place on the beach. This exchange that takes place between Jesus and Peter. The Bible's silent. But no doubt something happens there. No doubt Peter and Jesus somehow reconcile, okay? And I want to pick up reading right here in, 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 verse, uh, in John chapter 21. Here's a story here. Come on, turn your Bibles there. I want you to see the story here. What happens after Jesus and Peter have this little meeting? What happens when, when Jesus begins the process, listen, of restoring Peter's confidence? Come on, if your confidence is lost about something, your confidence is lost in your job, your marriage, your, maybe your student, your confidence is lost about what you're supposed to study. I'm telling you, Jesus, he's here right now to help you get your confidence restored. Look what it says here, John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. Notice what it says here. Now, when they had finished eating breakfast, all right, so Peter and Jesus have this exchange and then Jesus cooks breakfast for his disciples. That's another message, right? Notice what it says here. Jesus says to Simon, Simon, or Peter, Simon, or Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, we have to really understand something here according to the scripture. You have to understand something here, this word love here. Because when, as soon as of the word, as you dig down deep, you begin to understand different variations of the word love are being used here, okay? So when Peter, when Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? He uses the word agape, which is the word unconditional love. It's, this, it's the word that, that's used in John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God unconditionally loves us. It's the word that, 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 that I would say is in our vision statement to discover God's unchanging love, his unconditional love for you, despite where you've been, despite what you've done, despite what you think you haven't done, okay? His love for us is unconditional. This is the word that Jesus is saying. Peter, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter's response is, Son, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, this is what's very interesting. Peter's response to the word love is not agape. It's the word phileo, which means a brotherly love. So get this. So Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, 
Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter says back to Jesus, Lord, you know I brotherly love you. It was Jesus' way of saying, it was Peter's way of saying, I don't love you unconditionally like that, but I love you this way. I don't have that unconditional love for you, like this unconditional love that you have for me. Oh, don't miss this. And Jesus, look how Jesus responds to him. Feed my lambs. <laughs> this is awesome. You have to get this. You have to get this. We're restoring our confidence right now. Jesus is saying, I love you unconditionally. Peter's saying, but Lord, I only love you with this brotherly love. And Jesus still tells Peter, that's okay. Feed my lambs. Still be a leader. I believe in you. This is so powerful, you guys. Because watch this. He goes on to say this again. He said to him a second time. So, Peter, so Jesus says to Peter a second time, Son of John, do you love me? Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter says to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I brotherly love you. And Jesus gives him the charge again. Then tend to my sheep. This is so interesting. At this point, Jesus didn't say to Peter, you don't love me unconditionally, so you can't be a leader. I really believe right here, Jesus reaches out to Peter where he's at in his confidence, and he's trying to rebuild his confidence by saying, it's okay. I know you don't love me that way, but I still want you to lead. Is this so powerful? And then he said to them a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now watch this. Peter was grieved. Because he said to him a third time, do you unconditionally love me? And he said to the Lord, Lord, you know everything. Lord, you know that I don't love you that way. You know that I don't understand you that way. You know that I don't have this unconditional love for you that you have for me. You know I don't have this, Lord. That's what it means when it says he was grieved, right? And notice what Jesus said to him. Jesus says to him a third time. Feed my sheep. This is so powerful. He's building Peter's confidence. And I really believe if your confidence needs to be built, he's going to build your confidence through this passage of Scripture too. Because God never looks for perfection. God never looks for somebody that's got all of it together. You know what God looks for? God looks for potential. And I just believe you have so much potential inside of you. Peter had so much potential inside of him that Jesus, his attitude with Peter was, listen, I know you don't understand it now. I know you don't have this unconditional love now, but I know one day you're going to get it. And because I know one day you're going to get it, I still believe in you. I'm still going to charge you to lead. I want to build your confidence to be everything that you have been called to be. And if you feel like you're lacking confidence today, then I'm charging you with the same thing. God sees your potential. God sees your heart. God knows you want to do the best for him that you possibly can. And maybe you're lacking confidence. And he's saying, lead. Come on. He's saying, step out. I believe in you. And his desire, God's desire, is that that would be enough to begin restoring confidence on the inside of us. Come on, you guys. Here's how I can tell. Here's how I can tell that Jesus could tell in the future that Peter was going to get this. Follow along with me. It says here in verse 18, Truly, truly, I say to you that when you were young, Peter, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. 
Now, this is Jesus saying this to show him what kind of death he was going to die to glorify God. Here's what Jesus was saying. I know you're going to get it because later on in life, you're going to become a leader and you're going to lead the church and you're going to lead the church in such a way that you're actually going to give your life for me. Isn't this awesome? But right here, his confidence is shot and Jesus is rebuilding his confidence Jesus is saying, I'm reaching out to you right where you're at, right where your confidence is right now, and I'm going to restore you, and I'm going to help you walk in all that I have for you. And I believe that's what God's saying to you prophetically. Maybe, maybe you're in a time where you're, you're watching the things happening all around us like I am too, and your confidence can be shaken because the things that we used to depend on, the things that we used to rely on, they're not reliable anymore. The people that we used to think were solid, they're not solid anymore. The things that we used to lean on, they're not leanable anymore. But I want you to know Jesus is here and he wants us to lean on him. He wants us to discover him. He wants us to reclaim that confidence here today. Come on, do you believe that here today? I just believe God has something special for you. All right, so this is very interesting. I want you to see this, because after he says this, he says this to, him, to Jesus, or to, Jesus says this to Peter, he goes through all this, tells him about his life, and he ends with this last statement to Peter. He says this, and after these things, he said to him, follow me. I'm going to rebuild your confidence, basically. Right where you're at, I'm going to help you get your confidence restored right where you're at. I know you're going to live for me. I'm not going uh, uh, to rob you of the blessing of being the leader. All right. All I want you to do is follow me. All I want you to do is do things my way. I'm telling you a confidence builder right here. If you're struggling with confidence, especially with God, all right, especially with the word of God, especially dealing with culture and all the pressure that's coming. I'm telling you, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. And I believe this is what God is saying to us, follow me. Why is that so important? Because when we follow him, what we're saying is, I'm going to do things God's way now, and I'm not going to do things my way. That's what this means. I'm sure when there are opportunities, when we're following God, or when Peter was following God, he was tempted to do things his way. I'm sure we are all are when we're tempted to follow God. All right. And we are tempted to do it our way instead of God's way. But I want you to know something. If you're struggling with confidence, confidence can be restored. Confidence can be reclaimed when we begin to just do things God's way. Yeah, it's that simple. Do things God's way. Because here's the deal. If we don't do things God's way, and we do things our way, then what we're saying is, is that I'm relying more on self-confidence than I am on the confidence that comes from Jesus. And that the more I rely on self-confidence, the more I'm going to become self-aware. And the more self-aware you become, the more insecure you become. That's the reason why you and I as believers, our confidence goes up in God. The more Christ aware we are, the more Christ conscious we are, the more confident we're going to be. Which is the reason why Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Follow me and watch what I will do when you do things God's way. 
You will be successful. You may not feel successful in the short run, but it will come. Come to hold your place there in John. We're going to come back there. I want you to see what Isaiah 48, 17 says. Notice what it says here. It says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Did you get this? I'm the Lord who's going to teach you how to be successful. I'm the Lord who's going to teach you how to get ahead. I'm the Lord. Then the Lord's going to teach you. If you follow me, if you do things my way, you're going to come out on top. If you do things my way, you're going to be successful. If you do things my way, culture will look at you and say, hey, I want what you have. That's why it says here, it goes on to say, who leads you by the way that you should go? God wants to lead us. God wants to direct us. And listen, just think about this from a common sense standpoint. God is already successful. He already is successful. And here's the deal. In his success, he wants to make you a success. But we're going to have to follow him. We're going to have to build our confidence by following him. We're going to have to build our confidence by doing things his way. We're going to have to build our confidence by believing things his way. You know, and sometimes when you begin doing things his way, or when you start following him and, and being obedient to follow him, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. I was thinking about Abraham. When God called Abraham to leave his home and to go to a country and go to a land that he'd never heard of before. Think about this. He didn't have a GPS. He didn't have a map. He didn't even have an uncle in that wherever God was telling him to go that he could say, hey, what's it like over there? How should I prepare? He simply had to leave. Listen, he had to leave that comfortable place, that comfortable city that he was in. Haran was, was the founding city for Abraham. It was a civilized city. It was a wealthy city. It was a city that was filled with schools and shops and, and all the things that you and, you and I enjoy today. And God says to Abraham, I want you to leave that, leave that comfort, leave that surrounding, and I want you to go someplace that you've never heard of. And I want you to trust me. <laughs> Think how scary that would be. Come on. I get scared when I have to go to Publix and pick up something for my wife. She sent me into the store to get flour tortillas the other day. I don't know what flour tortillas are. So I thought they were like hard, crunchy stuff, like taco stuff. But I didn't realize they were soft and fluffy. So I'm walking in the aisle. I'm scared. Come on, somebody. And Abraham had to leave a land that he was comfortable with, heading out someplace. And look, here's the deal. Don't throw your confidence aside because God will richly reward it. All right, that's what the scripture said earlier. What happened to Abraham? God blessed Abraham. God blessed him, made him wealthy made him the father of the Jewish race, made him the father of our faith. We've been talking about it. Put him right there in the book of Hebrews in the faith hall of fame. Are you with me? But it was this decision. He had to obey. He had to follow God. He had a decision to make. Was he going to follow himself? Do it self-confidence, self-aware, self-secure, or was he going to follow God? And trust him. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter that day. Follow me. That's what I believe God is saying to us today. Follow him. 
Find your confidence in him. Do things his way. Come on, put that in the chat. Do things God's way and it will pay off. I remember when I started to understand this, when, when the Lord was, was, was putting it in my heart, when I was coming out of, 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 of the world and I was coming out of, 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 of a party lifestyle and all of that stuff, coming into walking with God, he started to ask me to do things a little bit different. God wanted me to date a little bit different, treat women a little bit different than I had before. I didn't understand, and it was altogether new. Dating was one way in the world, and it was something altogether different in the church or in, or in, the, in, in, in doing it his way. And I have to tell you, I left dating the world's way. I left partying the world's way, and I started dating God's way. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Come on, somebody. And I started looking for love in the right places, and I found my love in the church. Why? I started doing things God's way, and it's been 21 years of happiness, health. Not saying it's been perfect because we've had our spirited moments, but it's been awesome, you guys. Why? You do it God's way. Come on, are you with me? Confidence. Sometimes you have to step in and you have to follow him. You have to follow God and do it his way. You have to believe his way. I used to believe that you had to earn your way to Jesus. I used to believe that you had to put a lot of hard work in and that you had to beat yourself up and that you had to actually hurt yourself and self-sacrifice to please God. I used to believe that. That was the hard way. When he said, follow me, and he really said, your sin and your lawless deeds, I remember no more. I started to follow in that. And I got to tell you something. It is way easier following this than it did the other. It is way easier knowing that his mercies are new to me every single day, despite my failure, despite my self-effort, despite my behavior. It is so much easier following God this way than it was the other way. Come on, somebody. And maybe I'm talking to somebody right now. You're stuck in that law mentality that you got to fight to get to God, that you have to sacrifice and you have to earn your way. Maybe I'm talking to you right now. Maybe your confidence can be restored in knowing that he loves you just the way you are, just the way you are and right where you are. Come on. Wow, your life will change. When you begin understanding, it's just time to do things God's way. And even though it might be a little fearful, and even though you may not see results immediately, your confidence begins to build on the inside when you begin to see what happens to you when you begin doing things God's way. I remember being a student. Listen, I'm talking to students right now. Cheating is a tragedy in our country right now. It is so accepted in every single sector of life. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Every sector of life, poor, rich, middle, it's everybody cheats in, in that academic arena. It's crazy. And so I just fell right into it the world's way. I used to cheat all the time. And listen, cheating never got me anywhere because I, I cheated my way through some of that stuff and I was still dumb when I came out of that stuff. Come on, are you with me? But I remember coming out of all of that and following Jesus 
wanting to do things his way, trusting him that if I would just be honest, filled with integrity, put my best foot forward, give it the best shot that I had in taking tests, and avoid cheating, that I could trust God to get a better result. I'll never forget. I will never forget you guys being in one of my college exams. I'm talking to students right now. Maybe you're caught in the web of cheating. I'm telling you, drop it. Come out, do it God's way. Find confidence in doing it God's way. I sat there in that one day. I blanked out. I'd studied so long for this final exam. I needed a good grade on this final. And I tell you, I got to the class and my mind just blanked out. I looked at the test, all the writing on it, and I couldn't see the writing. All I could see was a white sheet of paper. I blinked out. I asked the instructor, I said, I'm going to leave all my gear here. I need five minutes. Can I go to the restroom before I start taking this test? And he was so gracious to me. I was a new believer at this time. And so I went to the bathroom and I said, Lord, I'm going to pray. My mind is blank. You know I need a good grade on this test to pass this class and to graduate. The pressure was on me. I needed actually to pass this, this test to graduate with a grade that I could actually receive my diploma. <laughs> so I'm in that bathroom. I cried out to God as a Lord, I'm doing things your way. I'm, I'm not cheating. I'm not doing the thing. I'm not taking a shortcut here. I'm following you. I need your help. My mind is blanked out. Help me take this test, Lord. I prayed a simple prayer like that. All the five minutes. Breathed in, breathed out. Went back. I sat down. I promise you, when I sat down, I looked at my test. It was still a white piece of paper. But before my eyes, all of a sudden, confidence began to come back to me. And I could see everything. And I ended up passing that test. Why did it God's way? Oh, I did it God's way. I could, have, I could have come up with some excuse. I got sick and I couldn't take the test. I could have called in sick. Come on, somebody. Let's do it God's way. Let's trust him. Why? If you throw your confidence aside, you lose out on the reward that God has for you. All right. So, all right. Do things God with. That's the first thing that helps us to reclaim the confidence that we need. All right, let's go back to John chapter 21. Let's go back and let's, let's finish up that passage of Scripture. <laughs> let's find out a little bit more about what happens in this exchange between Jesus and Peter. All right, John chapter 21 and verse 20. All right, so Peter just, Jesus just gives Peter the charge, follow me, do things my way. All right, now watch what he says here in verse 20. Then Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He's talking about John. This is interesting. This is another message. John writes this book in the book of John, and he writes this about himself. The disciple whom Jesus loves. Imagine. You would think that somebody else should write that, but John writes this about himself. There's another message in this, and one of these days I'm going to get to it, okay? But this is just interesting. And, and, and he goes on to say, the one who also leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? This is so interesting. I got to say this about John. He not only says that, you know, this is, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved the most, but he also puts an exclamation mark by saying, see, I was the one who leaned up to Jesus and said, who's the one that's going to betray you when Jesus asked the question? I don't know why John wanted everybody to know this, okay? But it's very interesting, all right? So I think the Bible writer wants us to know that John and Jesus were close. 
And Peter knew John and Jesus were close. Now he asks this question. Watch this. Verse 21. When Peter saw him, or saw John, he said to Jesus, what about this man? All right. For context, remember, Jesus restores Peter, meets him where he's at. Lord, I don't unconditionally love you. I only brotherly love you. Jesus says, that's okay. I'm still going to use you. I know you're going to get it. You're going to be a great leader for me. And I'm even going to show you that you're going to give your life for me. All right, that's the context. So Peter has this instruction. And now in this same environment, he looks over a job. He says, well, okay, I know that about me. But what about him? I want you to see something here. This is a trap that Peter is about to fall into. And it's a trap that a lot of us fall into when we're talking about building our confidence. All right? You know what Peter does? He starts to compare himself to John. He compares himself to the other guy. Interesting. And we're doing the same thing today. You know what a famous psychologist and life coach said the number one way people lose their confidence is when we compare ourselves to others. When we compare our progress to other people's progress. When we compare our life's outcome to other people's life's outcome. That is a number one way to lose confidence. Isn't that interesting? And the number one culprit is social media. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about? Especially Facebook, all right? So the number one culprit at helping people to lose their confidence is comparing themselves to others. Now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get on Facebook and, and you see this beautiful family that's on there and look like they got it all together, you know, and you just had a fight with your spouse or you just had an issue with maybe your landlord or, or you had an issue with somebody at work and you get on there, oh, look at this family. Look at them. They're so perfect. They got it all together. Look at them. Husband, wife, three little kids. Look at all those so perfectly met. Look at this. My life sucks. Their life is everything. And we go into the state of comparing. And none of us knows the background that went into making that perfect picture, right? Like all the small wars that were fought or all the demons that got cast out or all the fights that took place, the spirited conversations to get to that picture. We don't know all that. Hey, you know what I've discovered? Maybe this will help you. I've learned this, that on the surface, everything looks great, okay? But as a pastor, I've learned this. As soon as you start scratching below the surface, everybody's got something they're working on. Come on, somebody. Scratch, 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 scratch. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody's got something they're working on. You know what? That was the LaSala family picture for Christmas. Oh, perfect. All those kids smiling, dead in the middle. Jeannie's hair just done all. Do you know the small war that was fought to frame that picture? We almost didn't even do Christmas that day. Yes, that day. Look, you want to know the truth? That day, I decided while the kids are home, my Christmas present was the, the gift of time. 
where I was going to talk to them about preparing for the crazy season that we're in right now. It was post-election. It, it was all of the racial stuff that was happening in the country, and it was all the stuff that was happening in our universities. And I, and I felt like, you know, as dad, I'm going to sit down this Christmas day, and I'm going to prepare my kids for what's coming over this next year. I thought I was being so noble. I thought I was just being all that, like nobody in the world has ever thought about a Christmas present like this. You know what happened? Anarchy happened, okay? A revolt happened in my living room. And I was digging myself a hole, man, when I was sharing my thoughts and my heart. And you have been in a situation where the more you talk, the more, the, the more that hole gets deeper and deeper. I dug myself into such a hole, and I was just like, what have I just done? My, my motivation was right. I wanted to prepare my family. I wanted to be the man of God, to be the leader of my home, and I did nothing but create anarchy in the home. Yes, my kids said, we don't even want to open up the presents. Christmas Day. Yeah. God, by his grace, helped me to turn that around. Okay. And then we took our famous family Christmas picture. So now that you know, that little picture that was all perfect. And everybody just went, oh, so perfect. That family. They don't have a worry. They don't have a concern. Everything always just works out so perfect to them. My marriage sucks. Oh, my family, can, my kids are rebellious. They didn't give me anything. And we do this comparison thing, this comparison, this comparison thing. When we compare, it will rob us of confidence. Please understand this. And this is what Peter was doing. What about John? This is how I'm supposed to live. This is what you called me to do. What about him? He started to compare himself to his disciple or to his co-worker or to his co-laborer. Are you following me? Let's go back. How does Jesus, how does Jesus respond to Peter? Come on. We're talking about reclaiming confidence, reclaiming your confidence. Jesus says to him, verse 22, if it's my will that he remain or that John remains until I come, what's it to you, Peter? You. Follow me. He gives him a second command. Follow me. Just do it my way. Just follow me. Trust me. When you do things my way, you're going to be blessed. Don't compare yourself to John. He's got a different kind of ministry. You have a different kind of ministry. The two of you guys are called separately. You're called differently. Don't compare. So interesting. This is so interesting. The disciple, the disciple who knew he was loved by Jesus, he just kept following. He just kept following. No comparison. He just kept following. It seems like the disciple that didn't know how loved he was by Jesus, Peter, was the one that was looking, that was looking. His following was distracted by what other people were doing. Come on, are you with me? He's trying to follow Jesus. Trying to, but he's looking. Trying to follow Jesus, but he's checking out Instagram. Oh, Trying to follow Jesus, but checking out Facebook. Trying to follow Jesus, but following what this person's saying, what that person's saying. Listen, it will destroy your confidence when you compare your life to others. And Jesus knew it. Here's something else I'm seeing for the first time. John knew it. The disciple that loved Jesus, or the disciple whom Jesus loved, the disciple who knew how much Jesus loved him, knew not to fall 
into the comparison trap. Come on, you guys. Isn't that good? We have to understand this now and trust him. Do you know how much Jesus loves you? We saw it demonstrated and how much Jesus loved Peter. Even though Peter didn't understand how much Jesus loved him, Jesus still decided he was going to use Peter. And you know something? Jesus is still deciding he's going to use you. But I think the key is not comparing yourself to others. And the key is just discovering how much God loves you. And just stay right here. Don't concern yourself about somebody else's marriage. Don't concern yourself about somebody else's business. Don't concern yourself about somebody else's ministry. I have to go through this one. Yeah, but this ministry's doing that, and that ministry's doing this, and this person's doing that, and this person's doing that. And I have to always hear the Holy Spirit say to me, Dino, I called them to do that, and I called them to do this. I'm calling you to do this. Just follow me. Just follow me, and it's going to work out for you. Come on. Just follow me. Can I get you to do that? This is how we're going to restore our confidence. If you feel like your confidence has been lost, let's return to this place. I'm just going to follow him. I'm just going to do things his way. It might be difficult, but I'm just going to keep doing things his way. Tithing may be difficult, but I'm just going to keep doing it his way. Praying for the person that's offended me may be difficult, but I'm going to keep doing it his way. Loving those people who've been so nasty and so mean to me, I'm just going to keep doing it his way. Getting up to pray in the morning, I'm just going to keep doing it his way. Putting God's first over everything else, I'm just going to keep doing it his way. Come on, are you all following me? This is what this takes. The word follow, the word follow means in a continual sense. In a continual sense, just keep following him. The distractions are going to come, keep following. The offense is going to come, keep following. The temptation will come to compare, keep following. Come on, somebody. And the more you keep following, the more progress you make, and the more you keep following, the more you grow, and the more you keep following, the more that you accomplish, and the more that you keep following, the more that you do, and the more that you keep following, you get blessed and blessed and blessed. You go from glory to glory to glory, victory to victory to victory. Listen, Opportunities will come to be defeated. Opportunities will, be, will come to be blowed over and pushed over. But you just keep following. You just keep following. And this guy falls. That situation falls. That, that hurt falls off. That, that offense falls off. You just keep following. And confidence keeps growing. Come on, are you all with me? Last scripture today, Hebrews eleven six. It says this, but without faith. See, it's your faith. It's your faith that says, I'm going to keep following. I don't feel like following. But faith says, I'm not going to go by my feelings. I'm going to go by what my faith says. And my faith says, I'm going to follow. Because I know it says, I'll profit. I know I'll be successful in the end. I may not be successful in the short run, but I know I'll be successful in the end. I'm just going to keep following. It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, that word comes means continually, he who keeps coming, he who keeps coming, who, he who keeps showing up, he who keeps following, he who keeps making decisions to follow, he who keeps declaring God's love for him, he who keeps saying God's unchanging love for him is real today, the one that says, I'm going to keep going and following and following and following, watch what it says, that he is a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. Oh, that's what the Bible says. Don't cast your confidence aside. It'll be richly rewarded. But keep following. Come on, do I have anybody that wants to just keep following? 
Keep looking to Jesus. Let that confidence keep growing on the inside of you right now. Stop comparing to somebody else's marriage. Stop comparing to somebody else's business. Stop comparing to somebody else's vacations. Stop comparing to somebody else's income. Stop comparing to somebody else's house size. Stop comparing to somebody else's children. I already told you about mine. Stop the comparison. Keep following. Keep following. Here's how confidence comes. Here's how confidence comes. Maybe you're watching this for the first time and you've never heard this. You've never heard, I just got to keep following Jesus. And you never heard that he's the one who will cause you to profit. Maybe you never heard he's the one that will cause you to be successful. Well, maybe you need to hear it right now because there's a life that's more abundant that's waiting for you if you do not know this Jesus. Listen, listen to this. The word confidence comes from the word confide. Who are you confiding in? Who do you find confidence in? The people on this channel, the people in this ministry have found our confidence in Jesus. We are we, we confide in Jesus. Maybe you're listening today and you've, you've never found that place of confiding in Jesus. Maybe you didn't know he was trustworthy. Maybe you didn't know he was real. Maybe you didn't know all the stuff the Bible said about him was really true. But I want you to know it is. It is. And I want to introduce him to you. If you have never put your faith in this Jesus, if you have never found that place of confidence in Jesus, it'll change your life. It'll change everything. I promise you. It may not happen overnight, but if you keep following him, and you keep following, if you were to ask me, coming out of a party life, coming out of just a wretched, decrepit lifestyle, that I would be married 21 years with three kids and married somebody I actually love and like? Come on, somebody. If you'd have told me that was possible that 21 years ago, I wouldn't have said it was possible. I just kept following. I just kept following. I want to introduce you to this Jesus. If you just keep following this Jesus, put your confidence in this Jesus, I believe your life will never be the same. You can do it real simple right now just by praying a simple prayer with me right now. And it goes something just like this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I put my confidence in you. I believe you're the son of God and God raised you from the dead. I receive you as my savior today. Amen.